We are going to uh, look again today uh, at Matthew chapter 5. We are in a sermon series titled Reset, and um, this sermon series is, is a great series. It's, it's, really fa- it's found in Matthew chapter 5, and um, it, where it's found, it's, it's right at the beginning of something called the Sermon on the Mount. This was a sermon that Jesus preached. And um, so Jesus preaches a sermon, and right in the very beginning of the sermon, there's these uh, verses where he talks about how we can live our lives in a way that's pleasing to God, how we should live our lives. He starts each verse off by saying, you're blessed if you, you do this. And those verses are called Beatitudes, and that's what we've been looking at. We've been looking at them, and so far we've looked at uh, three uh, of those verses. And the first verse says to be poor in spirit. It says, if you want to live a blessed life, um, you need to be poor in spirit. And we learned that that simply means that we need to hu- have humility in our lives. Uh, in, in this regard, we need to understand that, um, that life isn't all about us, that it's about God. And we need to remove ourselves from the throne of our life, if you will, and we need to put God on the throne of our life. And so we need to be poor in spirit. And then the second thing, um, you know, we had, we had poor in spirit. Then we had blessed are those who mourn. And uh, so that was when Pastor Chad preached. And, and basically, he was talking about repenting over our sins. It means that we need to mourn over the sin in our life. We need to ask God for forgiveness of the sin in our life. We need to move our life in a different direction and start following after God. And so we remove ourselves from the throne of our life, then we mourn over our sin. And then last week I talked about that it says, blessed are the meek. And so we talked about biblical meekness last week. No, biblical meekness is different than what the world considers to be meek. Very often the world associates being meek with being weak. And we learned that that's not the case. We learned that biblical meekness is actually a strength. Because if you're going to be meek, that means that you humble yourself before God and you're in right relationship with God, and you love your fellow man. And so if you're going to love your fellow man, and if you're going to be in a right relationship with God, you have to intentionally make a decision to do that. And and those kind of decisions fly in the face of culture. So it requires strength to actually live a meek life biblically. So that's where we are. So we we talked about humbling ourselves, repenting of our sins, and living this life that's subjected to God and uh, loving our fellow man, our brothers and sisters in Christ and and those people around us. And so today we're going to move to the next verse, and and we're going to be talking about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. A natural outflow of submitting yourself to God and repenting of your sins and um, becoming biblically meek, a natural response to that is a desire to have a deeper relationship with God. So we want to have a deeper relationship with God. We want to live our lives in a way that we're hungering and we're thirsting for him. So that's where we're going to be today. We're going to be actually looking today at uh, verse number six, but I'm going to read all the Beatitudes to get started. I'm going to do that just so we're reminded of them and, and see what Jesus had to say. Right in the beginning of the sermon, Jesus starts off in the Sermon on the Mount. This is what he says. Matthew 5, you got your Bibles turned there, beginning with verse three. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is our verse for today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
for they shall be satisfied. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for these words that were penned so many years ago. God, this recording of this sermon that Jesus himself preached. God, we thank you that at the beginning of this sermon, before he dives into all kinds of subjects and different things and to, to teach, he takes time out to tell us how to have a relationship with you, how it's supposed to look, how our Christian walk is supposed to look. Father, he gives us an example of how to have a relationship with you. And he also tells us that, God, if our life is off tilt, if, if things are out of sorts, if, if things aren't going well, if our marriage isn't going well, if, 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 God, if our finances aren't going well, if something at work isn't going well, he tells us, God, this is where you go back to get things to reset, to, to, to get back to the basics, to start moving forward in a way that brings him glory. So God, we pray that today you will speak to us and you will just let us know from these verses, God, how we can change our lives to bring you more glory. God, you can help us to see how important it is to hunger and thirst for righteousness. So God, open our ears and our hearts and our minds and help us to absorb this and help us walk out of this place and not be the same as we were when we came in because we are determined to change so that we hunger and we thirst for the righteousness that you talk about here. And we give you the glory for that and we praise you for it. And we all together said, amen. All right, well, we're looking at verse six today. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Now we remember, we, we uh, talked about being blessed and, and that, that when each of these verses start in the Beatitudes start with that, and that means to be, in, in um, the original language, it literally means to be fortunate. It means to be happy. It means to be well off. It means to be blissful, to be blessed. That's what it's talking about. But, but the reason that all those things come into our lives, the reason that we find satisfaction in life, the reason that we're blessed is because we're doing the things he's going to talk about in the Beatitudes and our lives are right with God. And, and, and I, you know, I don't know about you, but in my life, when my life is right with God, that's when things work the way they're supposed to work. And so he says, bless. So right off the bat, we see that. But he also talks about another word today, and he, he says righteousness. Blessed are those who, who, who pursue this righteousness. Well, well, what is righteousness? Well, really, it, it's the character or quality of being just or right. But really, he's saying blessed are those who live their lives in a way that's pleasing to God. Blessed are you when you live a righteous life a true life, a just life, a life that's guided by the word of God, a life that brings God pleasure when he sees your life, a life that puts a smile on God's face, a life that is lined up with the scriptures and focused on bringing glory to God. So that's what a righteous life looks like. And he says, when we hunger and we thirst for righteousness, that we're blessed. 
And you know, it, this verse doesn't say some things. And it says, it says this is when you're blessed, when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. When you hunger and when you thirst for a right relationship with God, when your desire, the desire of your heart is to live a life that's pleasing to God, when the desire of your heart is to live a life and live your life in such a way that you bring God glory, that you're blessed. Now, I want you to notice what that verse doesn't say. It does not say that blessed are you when you have a hunger and thirst for fame. It doesn't say blessed are you when you have a hunger and thirst for prestige. It doesn't say blessed are you when you have hunger or thirst for power or money or position or a bigger house or a better car or a bigger retirement account. It doesn't say blessed are you when you pursue any of those things or when you hunger for those things. It says blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. I believe that God gets involved in our lives and I believe he blesses us. And some of those things that a lot of people hunger and thirst for every day might actually come our way if we hunger and thirst for righteousness because God blesses us. But our, the direction of our life, our life should never be directed at hungering and thirsting for anything outside of righteousness. As believers, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you should get up every day of your life and your desire that day is to, you should be hungering and thirsting for righteousness. You should be desiring more than anything to know more about your God and to know more about what he wants from you and to know how you can live your life for him. And, and, and trying to figure out today, this day, how can I bring him glory? And I don't know about for you, but that starts over for me every single day because I, I mess up, I sin. And every day I get up in the morning and I say, God, I wanna follow you today. How can I bring you glory? How, how can I live my life today? Help me today to live my life in a way that brings you glory. And by the end of the day, my glory meter's not doing too good sometimes. I'm not, you know, sometimes I mess up and I, I get aggravated at somebody and I talk to somebody the way that I shouldn't. Someday I act in a way that I shouldn't act. I have thoughts that I shouldn't have. You know, all the things that, that we deal with as humans. But my desire every day is to bring glory to God. And if I get up every day and it's a daily thing and I ask God to help me and then I go through my day and I get through the end of the day and I lay my head on my pillow at night and I say, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done for me. And God, I, I, I thank you for allowing me to bring you glory today, but I know I blew it in a lot of areas, and God, help me not to blow it in those areas tomorrow. Help me do better. And I get up the next morning, and I just pray all over again. You have to do that, you know? I've never been able to get past that day thing. Okay, I've never been able to get past the hour thing. Okay, just, just want you to know. It's like right now, some of you are nodding off, and I'm really mad at you right now. And see, I'm having to ask for forgiveness as I'm preaching right here. I, see, it's just, I'm just kidding. That's, but don't nod off. Okay, but, but you know, th this whole idea of hungering and thirsting for righteousness is such a big deal. You know, and, and so many people hunger and thirst, and I think this is a big problem in our culture today. So many people today hunger and thirst for other things. And they believe that if they ever achieve those things, that, that, that life will be better. You know, if I could just make that amount of money, boy, my problems would go away. No, you're just going to a whole new set of problems. 
Okay? Boy, if I could live in that neighborhood, you know, if I could just live in that neighborhood, my problems would go away. If I could get that car, my, my problems would go away. Oh, if she would just go out with me, my problems, you can get a whole bunch of problems, just going to tell you right now, okay? And, 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 and boy, if he would just ask me out, you don't even know what you're asking. But my problems would go away. You know exactly where I'm coming from, don't you? Because that's what we do. But you see, none of those things will ever fill us up. But you see, I think life is a lot like, I'm, I'm real visual the way I think, and, and, and this is the way I see it. Maybe I've used this illustration before, but, but it's worth repeating. You know, I kind of see life like, like a puzzle. And it's like this beautiful picture on a puzzle. Have you ever put one of those puzzles together that's got like 10 million pieces? And now you can get 3D puzzles. I mean, if you're really into that thing. But you can use these beautiful puzzles. And it's like life is like that. And, and, and I don't know what your life, maybe some pieces are missing and maybe you're struggling with getting part of it put together. Or maybe your puzzle is all put together and it's just a beauty. It's a thing to behold. But what I, I've learned in life is that very often, that even when the whole puzzle's put together and it seems like everything's great to, and, and everybody else looks at your puzzle and goes, wow, look at that puzzle. That puzzle's all put together. So often I've had people sitting in my office saying, my puzzle looks great in the, and it's all together, but there's one piece I can't find. And I'm convinced that if they ever find it, that it's gonna be shaped just like Jesus. Because you see, there's a little place in all of us that we need to plug that piece in or life's just not going to work the way it's supposed to. And all the money in the world is not going to bring you happiness and peace. All the fame, all the prestige, all the position, living in the right neighborhood, having the right car, whatever it is, none of that stuff is ever going to fill that void. How many times have you heard an athlete or a movie star or somebody like that, how many times have you ever heard somebody and they've come to know Christ and they said, you know, I had all the money, I had the big house. I could travel all over the world. I could do anything I wanted to. I slept all day long if I wanted to. I just did whatever I wanted to do. But something was always missing. Something will always be missing until you begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And Jesus fills that void. That's why we're blessed when we hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because when we're pursuing God, and we're trying to live our lives by his word. And we're trying to live our lives in a way that brings him glory. And when we're, we're operating within the context of our marriage the way God says to operate in the context of a marriage. And when we're raising our kids and, and having an interaction with our kids the way God says to interact with our kids. And when we're handling our work experience the way God says to handle that and our relationship with others the way God says to handle it. When we're pursuing righteousness, when we're hungering and we're thirsting for righteousness, and we're getting that right, then we have peace. And God gets involved, and that's when the void's filled, and that's when we're blessed. So he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And until we get this, until we begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness, things just aren't going to work out. And we hunger and thirst for so many other things in our lives. But when our primary objective in life is to seek to please God, when it's that, it's then and only then that we experience the kind, this kind of life that God wants for us. It's only then 
when we seek him. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. If I could encourage you to do anything in your life, it would be to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because you see, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, if that's you and you you don't have a relationship with him, then my desire is that you would hunger and thirst for righteousness and you would put your faith and your trust in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. But if you have a relationship with Jesus, my prayer for you would be that you hunger and thirst every day for righteousness. I know so many Christians, and and, and they, they, they don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. They want just enough righteousness in their life to keep them out of hell. Is that right? They want just enough righteousness in their life to make them feel good about themselves. You know, I show up in church on Sunday. You know, I, I do that a little bit. And, 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 and you know, and, and, I, and, I, and maybe I don't, you know, I don't cuss. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't chew, and I don't run around with people that do. That's just enough righteousness. But you see, that's not hungering and thirsting for righteousness. You see, I don't know about you, but years ago, for me, I was lost. And, and, and I, if I had died in that state, or if Jesus would have returned, I would have gone to hell. But just because he loves me, God sent his son to die on a cross for me. And one day somebody shared that with me, and I got on my knees, and I prayed, and I asked God to forgive me of my sins, and I put my faith and my trust in Jesus, and I have heaven waiting on me. I want to get up every day and I want to know more about this guy. I want to know more about my God. I want to, I pledge my allegiance to him. I want to give him glory. I can never thank him enough, but I just don't do it out of that. I want a deep relationship with him. I want to know what, how am I supposed to live my life as a man to be a good man? How am I supposed to be a, what does it mean to be a good daddy? What does it mean to be a good grandfather, an uncle, brother, son, whatever it is? What, what, for me, What what does that look like? I want to hunger and thirst for righteousness. So how do I do that? How how do I, what are some practical things that I can do to help me with that? Well, I'm going to tell you, they're really simple. We've talked about these 10,000 times. Matter of fact, chances are, if you grew up in church, your Sunday school teacher told you about this when you were little. One is you got to get in the word of God. How do you know how to pursue righteousness if you don't even know what righteousness is. Well, the place we find out what it is is in the Word of God. So we go to the Bible and we look for righteousness. We see what it is. What does God want from me? Well, listen to these verses. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, all Scripture is breathed out by God. It's God's very Word. And profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And then in Romans 1.17, for in it, in the word of God, the righteousness of God is revealed. It's revealed. That's where we find out. You want to hunger and thirst for righteousness? Well, you have to look in God's word to see what you're hungering and thirsting for. So we need to go in there. And listen, I know, and I'm just going to be, I want to be really real with you today. Because I think this is so important. Listen, you know, you ought to have a time every day that you spend some time with God. Sometime every day. But, 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 but come on, guys, listen to me. And maybe you're going to be mad at me about what I'm about to say, but I'm just going to tell you right now, a 10-minute pithy little devotion isn't enough time to spend with your God every day. You know, you read a little poem and a point, and you think you've... No, 
Open your Bible. Read through, study a little bit, dig in, internalize it, memorize some of it. Because, you, because you, you've got to do that. Listen, I do a little thing called a pandemic pause every week. I do a little verse and a little thought. Don't let that be your theology for the day. Okay? That, that, I can put one of those together in 15 minutes. You need more than that, okay? Oh, it's a good little thought for the day, and I hope you'll do it and you'll listen. But I don't want that to be your theology. And if I ever find out it's a bunch of people's theology, I'll never do another one. Because you need more than that. You need to open the Word of God and get into the Word of God. I mean, you know, and, and listen, if you've got a little... I'm just, I'm just going to probably really make people mad, but, I, but, but just too bad. I get to talk, and you don't. Um, so, but, he, but here's the deal. If you've got little ones at home, you get them to Awana. Get them to Awana. They need to be memorizing Scripture because the world out there is going to give them a bunch of stuff that they don't need to have. They need what they're teaching them over there. They need to memorize five or 600 scriptures by fifth grade so that they can recite the word of God and stand on the word of God and fight this crazy culture that's out there right now. They need that. Get them back there in the children's ministry. How much time are you spending with them to help them memorize scripture? How, when's the last time you opened your Bible with your kids at home? Don't answer that question. I won't be able to finish my sermon. Don't. I mean, come on, guys. We, we've got to get in the Word of God. And another thing we need to do is we need to pray. We need to talk to God. Psalm 5.8 says, a prayer, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness. Because of my enemies, make your way straight before me. Psalm 31.1, if you, O Lord, do in you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame in your righteousness. Deliver me. We need to pray and ask God to help us day in and day out. Because I don't know about you, but I'm, I need God's Holy Spirit working in my life every day. Or I won't get this thing right. I need it, so I need to pray. So Bible study and prayer. That's Christianity 101. But we need to do that. The third thing is fellowship. We need to be doing life with other believers. Listen to these verses. Ephesians 2, 19. You are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. If you have a relationship with Jesus, then every other believer is your brother and sister in Christ, and you are in that family, and your fellow family and saints and members of the household of God. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. We need each other. As you go through life, God did not create us to be Lone Ranger Christians. He created us for relationship. And so one of the ways we, we invite that and we try to help with that in church is we have small groups. And we want to encourage you to get in a small group. You need some people to come along beside you that will encourage you to read your Bible, that will study the Bible with you, that will pray with you and for you, and you can pray for, and someone that will hold you accountable in your life, and some people that you can do life with on an intimate basis that, that you're, you're involved in their life and they're involved in your life, and you're all marching down the same path. You're hungering and you're thirsting for righteousness. Those three things, if you will do just those three things, if you will read your Bible every day and study it every day, take some time and do it. 
pray every day. Spend some time in prayer. Get in a group and start doing life with other believers. Those three things will, pro will propel you. They will push you forward and help you to begin pursuing righteousness. They will, all those things that are going on, God will use to create in you a desire for more of him. And you need to do that. We all need to do it. It's so important. We got too many Christians today that are a mile wide and an inch deep. We got too much bad, crazy theology floating around out there. All you got to do now is get on the internet. You can, you can leave here today. You've come into church. Thank you for coming to church. You know, but you come to church. You can leave here today. And by the time this afternoon you, you, you get ready to eat dinner, you can watch 20 other preachers all over the world just on the internet. And some of them are good and some of them are crazier than a sprayed roach. You, you know what I'm saying? And yet there's all these things out there. And so you need to be in the Word of God. You need people holding you accountable. You need to be praying so that you have discernment and you know what truth is. And you don't get deceived and you don't get pulled aside and start heading off into some crazy ideas, become some wacko said it on the internet. You would not believe the stuff I get. <laughs> I could go, I, I get emails from people all the time. And I get emails, and somebody will send me something. They've been reading articles from some person, and they'll, they'll, have, they'll completely change their theological view and says, I've changed my mind about the way this works. And then I have to spend hours of my time trying to show them this person is an idiot. And they are. And it's some... Call us before you start following some bozo. If it's a good person, I'll go, hey, they're great. Watch them, learn from them. But there's a lot of nutcases out there. There's a lot of them out there that that's what they want from you. Right? And just Christianity is not about this, guys. You don't have to send us a seed to be blessed. You have to hunger and thirst for righteousness. God will bless you. You have to be meek. God will bless you. They need to read the Beatitudes. You want to be blessed? They say, send some money. Jesus says, no. Be low in spirit. Mourn over your sins. Be meek. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. But, but we're, we've got to hunger and thirst. If we don't hunger and thirst, we just fall for everything that's out there. Well, what is the result of all this? I, I'm going to, you know, we're blessed. We've already talked about that. You know, the word is makarios in Greek. It means blissful, happy, fortunate, and all this stuff. And, and, and that's, that's wonderful and great. We've talked about that a whole bunch. But, but, but what does blessing really look like? I mean, okay, if, if I'm happy, if I'm fortunate, if I'm well off in my Christian life, if I'm approved by God, if, if I'm bringing God glory, what does that look like? Well, I wrote some things down, and I'm going to go through these kind of quick. And I'm just, uh, just um, you can write them down or I'll send them to you, whatever. But if you're righteous, okay, here's something about a righteous person. A righteous person is loved by God. I think we all want to be loved by God. That, that's a, that's, you're on your way to being blessed when you're loved by God. Proverbs 15.9 says, The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves 
him who pursues righteousness. So when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, God loves you. The righteous are also blessed by God. Psalm 5.12 says, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. When you're living your life and bringing glory to God, God pours out his favor on you. He blesses you. The righteous are heard by God. God hears your prayers when you're righteous. James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. The the righteous are delivered out of their troubles. Amen, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. I want to be delivered out of my troubles, right? The right, listen to this, Proverbs 11, 8. The righteous is delivered from trouble and the wicked walks into it instead. The righteous are provided for. Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. The righteous will stand firm. Proverbs 10.30 says, The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. The righteous will survive. Proverbs 11.28 says, Whoever trusts in his riches will fall. That's somebody that's pursuing and, and hungering and thirsting for something other than righteousness. They're, they're hungering and thirsting for riches. The, 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 the riches, uh, w- that those people will fail, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. And the righteous will enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. Ephesians 5, 9, For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good, righteous, and true. Galatians 5, and 23 says, this is the fruit of the Spirit. A person that's hungering and thirsting for righteousness and pursuing God and, and living a life pleasing to God and the Holy Spirit indwells them because they have a relationship with God through Jesus. Listen to this. It says, this is what you have available to you, living inside of you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and all those things. Can you? That, that sounds like you're blessed, doesn't it? And then it says the righteous will inherit eternal life. 2 Timothy 4.8, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So if you put your faith and your trust in Jesus one day, You get your reward in heaven. You get to spend eternity with God. And you get to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Our verse says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. You know, when um, Pastor Ricky was, when he was praying earlier, he, he quoted a Psalm, I think, 42, and it, and it says in Psalm 42 that as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. That's how we're supposed to live our lives. Our soul should long to have a deeper relationship with God. If we're a believer, every day we should desire to grow deeper in our relationship with God. Every day we should be concerned, is my life bringing glory to God? 
every day we should be looking into the word of God saying, I need to know more about what God wants from me. Every day we should be praying. We should be talking to other believers and coming along beside them and talking about this because our lives should be characterized by a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. And it can be. You know, maybe you're here today and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe that's just, you know, you've known about it. Maybe you're sort of thinking about it. You've been looking at Christianity from the outside and you're thinking about it. Or maybe you, you know, earlier I talked about having a void in your life. Maybe you're here today and you go, you know, life, just all the things I've tried, nothing has ever filled the void. And you just need Jesus. And if that's you, I want to offer you that opportunity today. I mean, you don't need me to do this, but while you're here and I got your attention, I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. You can pray right now. If that's you, you can just simply pray. Matter of fact, I will pray. You, you pray with me if you're sincere and if you're genuine. You can have a relationship with Jesus starting today. Just pray right now. Just say, Jesus, I am a sinner. God, I have lived my life without you in it and being a part of it. But right now, I'm, I'm asking for all that to change. Right now, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you, Jesus, to cleanse me of my unrighteousness and to save me and to make me part of your family. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if you were serious, and if you were sincere, you have the promise of Scripture that God will honor that desire. He will honor your heart's cry, and He will save you. And if you made that decision, I want you to let us know it. Because you, we want to help you. We want to answer your questions. We want to give you information to help you on your journey. We want to be praying for you. So let us know. And you can go to the website and let us know. You can contact one of the pastors. You can, you can email us, text us, call us, whatever you want to do. Just let us know so we can help you in your new journey. Take, you know, just make, make, make sure that you do that. Just take some time to let us know that. Maybe you're here today and you are a Christian. Maybe you've been a believer for a while. But you know, as we talked about this today, you, you, you maybe had a little conversation with yourself and it went something like this. You know, I love Jesus. And I put my faith and my trust in him a long time ago. But the truth of the matter is, I'm not hungering and thirsting for righteousness anymore. I'm just kind of going through the motions every day. I'm on cruise control. And I need it to change. And maybe today you need to pray and just ask God to forgive you for being on cruise control. And ask him to instill in you that hunger and that thirst that maybe you had when you first came to know Christ. Just pray and ask him to do that. I don't know what you need to pray for. But I know that God is faithful and he's true to his word. And if you ask him for salvation, he'll provide it. And if you ask him to get you on track, he'll provide it. Because both of those things are an indication that you're hungering and you're thirsting for righteousness. We'll be blessed. That's what we got to do.